0: This is Season 6, Episode 16 of Beyond the Illusion. The Hidden Gateway with Justin Williams. In this episode, we have a conversation with Justin Williams. He's the host of the Hidden Gateway podcast, and later in this episode, you'll hear him describe the range of topics and guests he has on his show. He also shares some very interesting stories about his life and spiritual journey with us in this episode. So let's go to our conversation now with Justin Williams, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. For just a little background for everybody, the way that we no, Justin is because he actually invited us on your podcast, which I want to say thank you for by the way. And why don't you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your podcast and how you got started with it and what it's what it does for you now in, in your life?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Well, my podcast is called The Hidden Gateway Podcast, and I started it in December of 2020. And I cover a variety of topics. Not too much of anything is off topic, if you will. But I try to have a focus on um, reaching human potential as well as challenging the narrative. Obviously, in this world, specifically the last few years here, there's been a lot of chaos and confusion. So I I bring on a host of guests and we discuss things. It has a a really strong spiritual element to it as well. I'm very much into spirituality too. But the reason I started it, I was led by the spirit to start it. 2020 was obviously a very unique year for everyone worldwide. And like millions upon millions of people, I was sitting at home for my job and it just was bored, right? And I wanted to do something different. I wanted to kind of put myself in a position to um, be comfortable being uncomfortable, if you will. And I started doing a meditation by the recommendation of a really good friend of mine. It's called The, the Gateway Experience. It's a meditation that was developed by Robert Monroe back in the 70s. And I tell you what, at the very first night I did that meditation, this had to be in, I believe it was July of 2020. And I went into my closet and I was in there probably for about 45 minutes to an hour. And when I came out, I saw these red patterns everywhere. They were in my room, they were on my wife, they were on the walls, just literally everywhere. And what I later found out that they were sacred geometry symbols, if you will. And that really blew my mind and definitely something that I had never experienced before. And in fact, that was actually my first time meditating. I continued doing the meditation and each time I did it, I had a a new experience. I eventually started having out-of-body experiences as well. But something that happened that really surprised me was it started this healing process for me. It brought about a lot of awareness in regards to areas that I needed to heal in. I say that because in my youth, I suffered a lot of trauma and abuse, physical as well as psychological abuse at the hands of my father. He was an alcoholic. He was a Marine and his mantra was a child is to be seen and not heard. Very controlling. I could tell you some horror stories of some of the things I went through, just a lot of physical beating me up and different things like that. And psychological abuse was even worse because those scars healed in a matter of days or sometimes weeks, but that psychological abuse was what really, really put me in a bad spot in my life. That caused me to become an introvert. That caused me not knowing how to express myself. That also caused me not knowing how to set boundaries with people. I grew up as a kid and even into my adult life, being a people pleaser, avoiding challenging conversations, all this stuff, right? And it was my wife who bought to my attention. Years ago, I think it was like back in 2015, she said, your dad wasn't a good dad. And she said that because I've always been taught all my life or told all my life that he was a good dad. See, my dad was this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde character, right? Even though he had those evil ways about him, he could literally be like the nicest guy you would want to meet. People outside of our family, our immediate family, they loved him. He was just known for being a nice guy. But again, these things that I experienced really, really did me in bad. And the meditation bought the awareness and it began this healing for me. I learned that it was all fear-based, everything I was going through. So there were a couple steps throughout late 2020. I started the meditation. I, I, all these things started unraveling, and discovering these things about myself. The spirit then spoke and told me to go skydiving, right? And this is something that I always said I would never do, right? So I put it off and put it off for, for several weeks, probably close to a month, month and a half. You both know how it is when you're led to do something that you know you should be doing it. You can't ignore it for too long, right? Mm -hmm. And so I did it. I went up 20,000 feet in the air and took the jump. That was definitely one of the most challenging times of my life, especially that week leading up to the jump. But that taught me so much and I gained so much from it. It taught me how to control fear. At that point, I realized that fear is a bully. I decided that I wasn't going to allow myself to be bullied by fear or anyone else for that matter. I also learned that fear has fear as well. Fear is not being able to make us fear any longer. Once I learned that, that kind of made things click for me. And that was August of 2020. And right around November of 2020, I got this intuitive feeling. Spirit spoke again. He said, "Hey, I want you to start a podcast. So it just dropped in me. And of course, I said, no, I'm not going to start a podcast. Not this quiet introvert guy who has always had issues setting boundaries and communicating with people I wasn't going to put myself on the line like that and put my feelings and my thoughts out into the world but once again it just kept going and going and i kept receiving that and then finally in December I finally did it and I'm so glad I did it's been a phenomenal journey it's going on the three- year mark here it's been life-changing for me that podcast of mine it's been great have Great opportunities to speak with a lot of different people, such as the both of you. I learned something new from each and every guest. I take a little bit away from everybody, and it's really helped me grow and evolve as a person.
2: That's so cool. I had like this light bulb moment when you mentioned the gateway, because I had these tapes back in the day from Uh the Monroe Institute called The Gateway Experience, right? So the hidden gateway, I was going to ask you, oh, what is that referring to? Uh And I didn't know the connection with the Monroe Institute. Because for me, honestly, I tried the the first level of whatever the gateway experience was, Mm -hmm. and there's like a whole bunch of different steps or levels, and then I never followed through with it. Do you continue to travel out of body? Did you continue to work with that? or? Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I still do to this day. I stuck to the tapes probably for a solid year and a half before I start Ooh. experiencing with other meditations. But mm-hmm. I typically stick to the Hemisync, the binaural beat meditations. Mm-hmm. Those seem to work best for me. But yes, I've had some amazing experience, out-of-body experiences. Absolutely. That has helped me so much in regards to understanding who I am, who we are, where we are, and why we're here. My thing that I always say is nothing is as it seems, right? I believe that, or I should say I know that wholeheartedly. It truly is nothing is as it seems. Having those experiences has bought a lot of wisdom, obviously knowledge. And the big piece for me to go along with that is taking what I've learned in my experiences through the meditations, out-of-body experiences, as well as my podcasts and other things that I have going on, is to give back and help others. That's really, really, really huge to me. We can do the spirituality thing and want to manifest, but I think it's important not to lose sight That it's very important for people that believe in something greater, whether we call it God, source, universe, it's very important for us to not only find our purpose and step in our purpose, but help those out that may be on a different path, a different journey than ours.
2: Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you. Spirit has pushed me a lot out of my comfort zone, a lot on my path. You can't really ignore... When you get pushed by spirit for very long, even though it's really uncomfortable, it's always very worthwhile. And that path does, of course, lead to wanting to help others. I wanted to go back. You mentioned learning so much. And Tim and I will talk about this a lot of times privately as well, just how thankful we are for the podcast and how much we get from it, just from having these conversations with people. And we learn things and have insights from it as well. It's such a benefit to us and hopefully to whoever's listening I was just curious, maybe what are some of the more memorable experiences or guests or topics that you've had on your podcast?
1: Wow. Great question. So I definitely say the number one most memorable guest that I've had on my show is Robert Kennedy Jr. I spoke with him in October of 21. I just simply reached out and he responded. He told his assistant to set something up. That was great. He gave me about 30 minutes of his time. And we talked about some of the atrocities that the U.S. government has projected upon on children via different medicines over the years and different experiments as well up on the people of our country, specifically people of color as well. Another really good one was Dr. Robert Malone. I spoke with him October of 2021. We went for about two hours and yeah, that was like really long, but he was just such a wealth of knowledge, wealth of information. That was really cool. He was really cool too. That guy is funny (laughs) (laughs) from Cheech and Chong. He was was really cool. We spoke for a little bit, but in regards to uh, things I've learned from other guests, Actually, I just spoke to a guy yesterday, and the episode will publish in about a week or two. His name is Mike Ricksecker. He is a paranormal historian, and he's done shows like on Ancient Aliens, on on the History Channel, Gaia TV. He just recently got back from Egypt. He did a tour of Egypt investigating Stargates so we had a little bit of alien talk and we talked about shadow people, which was something I had heard of at one point. He had a couple of experiences with shadow people in his youth. So he kind of broke that down for me and explained to me what that was. We talked about mysterious abductions. I guess there's um, a lot of people that get abducted in national parks and it's this big phenomenon and there's no trace. And some really strange things happen when, say, two people are hiking in a national park and one one person just literally just disappears. They turn around and that person's gone and no trace to be found. So we got off into the paranormal type talk and I've had a few um, discussions with people regarding narcissism as well. That's something I have really took a deep dive in. Over the last couple of years, learning about and becoming aware of different narcissists and narcissistic traits and just looking back on my own life, understanding how these certain people were in my life and how they affected me along my path, my journey, etc. So, again, podcast has been really cool, really fun. I've been really, really enjoying it.
0: Wow. So, you cover a pretty wide variety of topics there. You don't really discriminate if you're interested in it, you go for it. That's cool. I like that, especially the paranormal stuff. Yeah, I love that. I can really go down that rabbit hole for ages because I actually am starting another podcast that is going to deal with that topic. So that is one of my favorite topics to discuss. And I did want to ask you about I read your book and there was a part in there where you talked about how you started to become in touch with your abilities, that you had some psychic abilities. And I was kind of curious about how those developed and if you're continuing to use those and what your feelings are about your psychic abilities.
1: Great question, Tim. Yeah. So in in regard to the psychic abilities, I'm definitely clairvoyant. And in fact, I've had a lot of different experiences over the last couple of years. Those type things have always interested me as far as I can remember. When I lived in Michigan many moons ago, I met this lady through my sister who was a psychic and probably like the best psychic person I've ever spoke with. She is incredibly, incredibly accurate. She told me at the time, this probably had to be back in 2008, 2010, something like that. But she told me a couple of times, I had several readings with her and she says, you're psychic yourself. I was like, okay. I never forgot it. Fast forward again to 2020, when I began doing these meditations, Gateway specifically and into 21, et cetera, I became aware of these abilities. And it got to the point where I would know when people would call before they would call, I should say, or arrive at my home. and then. I found out about various Facebook groups as well that have readers, right? So I said, okay, well, let me try this on someone, right? So I signed up for this Facebook group, psychic reading group. The only way to be a part of the group is you have to read the people who own the group. It was these two young ladies. We had a meeting for about 20 minutes and they said, okay, just read us. And I did. It went really well. They were very impressed. So then I started reading for the group. And I would read like every Sunday night for about an hour or so. It was just phenomenal. In fact, they're still on those recordings. They're still on Facebook as well. My readings for the general public are on Facebook. But I also had some phenomenal experiences where I um, receive information from people that have passed over. Like For example, I've talked to my wife's grandparents. I've talked to my father. I've talked to my sister. I've talked to my grandmother as well. I had a very interesting experience back in either 2020 or 21 where I was in my room and I started to read some information on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And then the spirit just started speaking to me, just giving me these downloads. And the spirit explained to me how Dr. King was used, that he had good intentions, but he was used by his family members as well as the the United States government. I'm just receiving this information like, what? Because that's not what we've been told, right? That's not the story that I learned throughout my life. And start receiving this information and the spirit told me that his father sold him out because his father went over to somewhere overseas when when dr king was very little and he changed his name from michael king to martin luther king which i had never knew the spirit told me look it up and i did then the spirit also said that there were a lot of people around dr king who wound up dead a lot of his family members which i had never heard of he said look it up i looked it up and it was true so, that was pretty interesting. spoke with my wife's grandfather. There was a situation in her family where her grandparents were divorced, and one of them, her grandfather remarried, I should say, and the grandmother mysteriously died. I didn't know that. I knew she died, but I didn't know it was something mysterious about it. It was told to me that she was actually murdered. It was something in regards to someone sneaking into her hospital. Because she had went into the hospital with some health issues. She was in there for a few days and she had got better. And then she took a turn for the worse. A spirit spoke and said that the new wife snuck into the hospital. This was like in the 70s and did poison her or something. And my wife told her mom and her mom literally started crying. She said, that's what I always suspected. And I always have these visions as well. These different visions I can tell you that one time, and this is very interesting, I was doing the gateway meditation. I typically do the meditation at night, okay? I did it the night before, which was a Friday night, and I woke up in the morning and I had this very, very strong inclination to do it in the morning. I said, why should I do it in the morning? The spirit said, just do it. I said, okay. So I went into my closet, which is like my sacred space. I have this altar, altar set up in there with my crystals and Metatron cubes and all this different stuff. The spirit said, you're going to Utah. I said, Well want to Utah. And I thought that was kind of weird. So I went in there and my pillow was not in there because I lay down on my back when I meditate. So I went out into my room to find a pillow. By this time, my wife is awake. This is probably about 7, 7.30 in the morning. She said, where are you going? I thought that was really weird that she asked that. I said, I don't know. We'll see. So I went in there, start, began the meditation. Monroe's voice comes on because, as you know, it's a guided meditation. And then about 20 minutes or so in, I'm at a lake. I'm out of body and I'm at a lake and it's snowing and very cold out in the distance. I see a young man, he's naked, he's cold, alone, and just in distress. So I approach him, I started to talk with him, but obviously it wasn't as we're talking, right? It was more of a telepathy type conversation. So I take it as if I was speaking with his spirit and I learned that he was going through a lot of issues specifically with his child's mother. And she was going to leave him and wouldn't be able to see his kids, he said he was going to jump in the lake and he didn't know how to swim. He was going to commit suicide and drown himself. So I then began to try to talk him down. And I did something very interesting where I was able to transfer some, my energy to him to keep him warm. I tried to get him like, to tell his spirit to call the police. He refused. He finally then gave in to calling the police the meditation's still going. I was aware that Monroe's voice came on. So that tells me the meditation is about to end and I'm going to soon be back in body. And so then I see three or four police cars and I said, Oh good. I felt better. I left back in body, went into my room, told my wife about everything. She's like, Oh my God. So fast forward two weeks later, a good friend of mine, I'm speaking with him. And he tells me, Hey, there's this young guy who I would like you to talk with, kind of be a mentor to. I'm going to set up a range of Zoom call. I said, great. So the day comes for the Zoom call, I turn on the camera, and it was almost like I saw a ghost. It was the same guy that I saw during my out-of-body experience. And you figure he thought I was a little weird because my eyes got pretty big when I saw him on the screen. But of course, I'm not going to say, hey, I saw you (laughs) recently, (laughs) anything like that. So I just kept it to myself. But lo and behold, my friend, our mutual friend at this point, told him. So a couple of weeks later, he said, hey, he said that we may have met before. I was like, Damn, you said that really? He told you? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I had an experience in Utah at a lake. He had moved from Texas. He lived in Austin and he and his girl and his kid, they drove from Austin to Washington State and they stopped in Utah on the way. And they had had this huge argument. He was very depressed and he said he was going to end it all at the lake, but something told him to keep going and which he did. They did separate and he became homeless without a job. He's living in the woods out of his van. I became a mentor to him. And now to this day, he's a very, very good friend of mine and he's doing, he's doing fabulous. He has a job he loves. He is now able to see his kids he has a home. So it's really cool to see him thriving. But that was one of the most unique experiences that I've had.
0: Wow, that's incredible. There's something I like to ask everyone who has these abilities or these enhanced abilities, because it's probably something that everyone has and just certain people are able to utilize them differently or in a more advanced way. And I like to ask the question, well, there's a couple parts to it. So I want to know your thoughts on what you think is happening in the world and and how you think that's going to continue to play out. And then also, I want you to answer it kind of in the context of that there's this shift happening in the world, that people are becoming more aware and more enlightened, and there's a higher vibration, and it's a palpable change that if you're paying attention, you can notice the difference as time goes on. I'm wondering what your thoughts about those things are.
1: Absolutely. And that's a great question, Tim. Without doubt that there has definitely been a shift that has happened over the last couple of years here, but I'll take it back further than that. I think that people that have been involved in the shift, as far as becoming more enlightened, they were being prepared or prepped many years prior through different experiences. Like for me, communicating with psychics back in 2008, 2010. And just always having this curiosity about the paranormal and different things. But again, there has been a shift. And I'm sorry, your second question was?
0: Just kind of how you see what's happening in in the world right now and how that continues to play out. Like, what do you feel is going to happen?
1: Yeah, well, I'm very, very of the strong belief that nothing is as it seems. I believe, well, I know we are in a spiritual warfare. There's spiritual warfare going on right now there are people that are being controlled by demonic forces or entities if you will that are here to prevent people from rising higher and expanding their consciousness right you see it on every level in society and this is what we talk a lot about on my podcast the hidden gateway podcast when we challenge the narrative so i believe we're seeing it in the medical industry in the education industry, there are also certain agendas being pushed upon people, specifically the children in school, in regards to sexuality and transgenderism, even religion as well. When you look at a lot of the churches and leaders of different religions, and, and we've, we've been seeing that for a very long time, in my opinion, it's kind of more so in your face now. It's like this negative low vibrating energy is saying, yes, I'm here. And I'm going to be here for a long time and I'm going to make an impact to do whatever it is I need to do to win things or win people over. So with people rising in consciousness and becoming more aware of what's going on, that's a beautiful thing. And I think we as, as humanity definitely need to stand together and stand strong in order to fight what's what we have been experiencing over the last, last couple of years here. When you talk about the economy, when you talk about the education system, it's so many things. It's a lot of doom and gloom. We hear it all the time, but I'm here to say that you, know, you can talk about the doom and gloom. You can talk about the way things are going to go in your opinion as far as that goes. But I say you can't forget about the light. You can't forget about what humanity is capable of if we all come to come together and vibrate high and be on an energy of love. And I think it's going to happen, but I think things will definitely get worse Uh, before they get better. Definitely a lot of trickery going on, if you will. And I think everything you see out here is manufactured when you look at the wars going on, when you look at the other agendas at play. It's completely manufactured without doubt.
2: Do you see that as part of the design as far as in order to awaken us? I see us all as little pieces of the divine. We're little Mm -hmm. sparks of the divine, of the oneness. What if the same way that our challenges in our life give us an opportunity to grow and shift higher through, through the difficulties, the challenges, the things that you're talking about? Do you see that as part of the divine plan to awaken us to our higher consciousness? Or do you think that it's something went wrong? Or I'm curious what your perspective is on that.
1: That's a great question, Tiana. And I, I absolutely do think it is part of the plan. Absolutely. I've had some psychedelic experiences over the last couple of years as well, specifically when I sat with ayahuasca for three nights. And one of the biggest lessons I learned during that is that we're all connected, each and every one of us, everything, every situation. We're on this big stage of life with different characters. And when I talk about my personal journey, the things I've gone through, like I talked about my father earlier, right? Like most people would think, oh my God, that was just so horrible, the things that he's done to you when they read in my book. But The way i view it it's like one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because it was necessary for me to go through what i went through in order to put me where i am today which ultimately the end game is to be able to help other people based off my experiences. So when we talk about the different things that are going on in the world, the trickery, the chaos and the confusion, absolutely. As bad as it may sound and things that people have to go through, they sound unfortunate, but these are things that must take place in order for us to rise to a greater shift. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned your ayahuasca session i have a question about that because i read about that in your book and i wanted to ask you something specific about that but could you kind of describe your experience for our listeners just so they have some context
1: woo tim it was life-changing to say the least Uh, i live in arizona and i traveled a couple hours up to tucson i was in the desert for three nights with a shaman and his facilitators i have been doing intermittent fasting that's something else that started in 2020 as well the spirit spoke to me before i got on the road, and he said, you're going too fast. I was actually eating lunch at 12 o'clock. I looked at the clock. It was noon, and Spirit spoke and said, this will be the last thing that you have until Monday morning, because I was there Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And I told my wife, look, I'm going, and I'm going to just completely shut off from the world. This was a very deep spiritual moment for me. And I took a couple of spiritual books that I have, And I shut my phone off and I was at a hotel during the day. And while I was at the hotel, I strictly meditated and prayed and read my spiritual books. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And had water for three nights. First night I arrived, Friday night, I get there, middle of the desert, under the stars, arrived at about seven o'clock. I don't know, it was probably about 50 of us. And everybody you had their sleeping bags, pillows or whatnot, were sitting out there. The ceremony didn't actually start till midnight. And uh, the facilitators, they came around and they smudged us. The shaman gave an intro to all the newbies. We did this mint water. It was some type of water that we dipped it out of a spoon. We dipped the water out of a mason jar. And then we like inhaled it through our nose. And that was to clear our pathways. So we would be able to breathe while we were under the influence of the ayahuasca. No issues. Newbies went first. That's the tradition they go. And I was probably about eighth in line. And I uh, got a shot. He told me, he's like, Justin, because I was speaking with him a couple hours prior. He said, I'm going to give you some strong stuff. because I guess he had different shrimps. So I said, okay, took the shot and went back to my sleeping bag and didn't feel anything for about 40, 45 minutes. But uh, just remember laying on my back. And looking up at the stars, and all of a sudden the stars start to dance. And it was like everything was in my face, right? Soon after that, I started hearing things and started seeing things. And then I started to receive all of these downloads. It was unreal. The very first thing that was brought to my attention is that we are in spiritual war. That is a spiritual war going on in the spiritual world as well as on earth. I liken that first night experience to a training ground or training day of preparation because I'm hearing all these things. I actually saw a guy... That looked like a demon he came over to me and tapped me on my shoulder and asked me did i want some basil water i saw a demon on his face and i said no thank you (laughs) i'm good from there it was almost as if it was all this chaos and confusion going on around me and i had to stay focused on source right but when i would lose focus and pay attention to everything that was going on around me that's when this fear crept in it kind of creeped in, but as long as I was just staying focused on source and I was receiving downloads and I had all these beautiful visions, I was fine. So it was like I was in the eye of the storm, but I had peace. And the spirit then spoke to me and told me that I was going to have some challenges in life, but not to worry, not to fear as I, meaning as I progress along with the podcast and some other projects and things that I have going on, but the spirit said, don't worry you have nothing to worry about. I have a plan. So the first night was learning about spiritual warfare. It was like a training ground. I remember I went to this place as well. I believe it was a vision, but it kind of felt like an out-of-body experience. And I don't want to say it was like a hell, but it looked like a subway, underground subway. But I heard all these horrible noises like people in distress and it was just a mess down there It was just a really bad area so i just remember i didn't want to be there and i left there night two was just all about love this is when i learned that we're all connected and it was just so beautiful After that following morning which was sunday morning i remember going back to my car and just telling my car how much i loved it being dependable and i was just crying it was just so so beautiful and night three the experience was, or the lesson I should say, was pretty much take what you learned and go forward in your life and do good and do everything that you've learned to do and do it to the best of your ability. It was amazing, it really, really was
0: oh, that's awesome, yeah, so there's a part in your book, and this is what I wanted to ask you about, where you talked about the people you said the guy came up and he looked like a demon. And then later yeah. they were talking to you and you still felt that way, even though you weren't under the influence of ayahuasca. And I was kind of wondering, like, were they doing something to you outside of the ceremony yes, that, they were. that made you feel that way? Okay. You, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Well, during the ceremony, you know, and these guys are very experienced. They were very experienced in regards to doing ayahuasca. They weren't newbies like myself. I guess the best way for me to s- describe it is during the night, I know that they were able to pick up on my energy. Okay. They were of a low vibrational energy. Right. And I think my energy or my spirit created them. So throughout the night, they were doing these weird things. I don't know if they were having out of body experiences where they were coming over to me, but they were literally messing with me all night. They were messing with me all night i think it kind of shocked them that i never threw up because that's like one of the things that people do when they do ayahuasca like all night long you hear people throwing up that's all you hear i think i was like the only person maybe one other person i don't know that didn't vomit the entire night so i kept hearing they kept coming over to me and making all these weird sounds even sexual sounds just trying to do things to break me and they weren't able to do it because i was so focused i was so locked in on the father And I refused to let that be a distraction for me. That's why I said it was like a training ground. It was like the ultimate test for me. One of the most hardest things that I've ever done in life. It took so much out of me. It drained me. It really did.
0: Were were those like mental projections from them or were they physically coming over to you and, and saying things? Did you know no,
1: they weren't physically coming oh, okay. over to me. Okay. No, that was something going on in the spiritual world. And I had another experience too with these people that were to my left. They were to my right. I had another experience too where they were actually a couple of the facilitators and they were kind of young. I think they were like, I don't know, in their late twenties, early thirties. But I heard this conversation and I likened it to like I was an operator and I was able to pick up on a line between two people and I've heard their entire conversation and I pulled because I had my, my sleeping bag over my face. And I'm hearing this and I put the sleeping bag down. I looked over at them and they're not asleep, but they're laying on their back with their eyes closed. But I knew their voice because I spoke with them earlier. But so they've done so many ayahuasca journeys. I guess they know how to interact or meet up with each other in the spiritual world or something to that effect. But later that night, and the guy, it was probably a group of about four or five guys. Later that morning when we all woke up, and this is how the spirit confirmed it to me because I was receiving these downloads, these messages in regards to what they were trying to do with me. That same guy, like the ringleader, Ronnie, he comes up to me. As soon as the shaman was done speaking, he walks right up to me and he says, man, how many times, or is this your first time or something to that effect? I told him it's my first time and he was shocked. He didn't believe me. And all his other guys came over and he, oh yeah, yeah, man. All this other stuff but it was quite the experience and i just kept getting these confirmations and having these experiences with these different low vibrating energy spirits i definitely want to do ayahuasca again but i wouldn't go back through that same group because it was a lot of darkness it was a lot of darkness within that group a lot of darkness a lot of people i saw some pretty unique things, heard some pretty unique things. And it was very dark, but again, it was necessary. It was necessary to bring awareness to me in regards to how things are in the spiritual world, et cetera.
2: Yeah. I was going to ask you if you were going to do it again, because in some ways I had some similarities. I did ayahuasca, the one and only time in November of 2020. And I had that kind of like hell-like experience. I did purge But yeah, I felt my experience was almost as if I was like trapped in an evil place where I had to like witness just all of the horrible things that happen on the planet that I know exist, but I don't normally, I'm not forced to see. During my experience, what I thought that I was supposed to do was transcend it. So I kept focusing on love and saying, only love is real, only love is real. Because I felt like, I was being forced to witness just the darkest, most evil things. And this is all me in my sleeping bag with my eyes closed. Uh-huh. And so at one point, it was just like so horrific. And I'm a very sensitive soul. It's really hard for me to yeah. see these horrible things. And I opened my eyes to maybe try to escape it. <laughs> but then outwardly, everything looked hellish as well. It looked wow. like all these other people that were nice. And I met before, but they all looked kind of evil as well. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, well, it's just as bad out there as it is here. So let me just go back in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right.
2: and right. Anyway, so I continued this whole only love is real only love until finally because it's my same thing started at midnight. And then it's going on for some hours. But finally, when it got lighter outside, then everything energetically started to get lighter and so forth. And I opened my eyes and now everybody, the sun's shining and everybody is glowing and looking very beautiful. <laughs> So I had thought, oh, I'd passed this test, which for me, I thought it was an initiation or test to stay focused on the light. So I felt good about that. But then later when I got home and I meditated and I connected with my higher self and my guides, I felt and was told that I was spiritually bypassing. My lesson was that I was supposed to face the darkness Mm -hmm. and find compassion for it Mm. instead of... Trying to avoid it by going into the light. This is like what led me to some weeks later. Tim and I and his wife did combo, which isn't psychedelic, but it's very grounding and clearing Mm -hmm. and releasing. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks later, I did DMT because I felt like I hadn't fully gotten the lesson. I thought I got the lesson, but I had it, it was still kind of heavy. I said a black stain on my heart is what it felt like. Then when I went to go do the DMT, which was only 20 minutes, I was like, oh gosh, I can't do five hours again, but this time, okay, 20 minutes I can handle. This time I'm just going to totally surrender to my experience. I'm not going to try to control it. I'm going to trust whatever is going to be guided to me. And so again, in that experience- I started to experience just this really dark, very evil energy. Momentarily, I opened my eyes again to escape. And then I chose, no, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to fully just accept whatever's being shown to me. And in that moment, that shifted it. Suddenly, I felt myself as the divine mother. Mm. And I was inwardly saying, but it was me as divine mother, but it was me. You know how that goes? It was like, Compassion is the bridge between darkness and light. Compassion is the bridge between evil and good. And I felt that. So I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that perspective? For me, and I'm on this journey, and actually I'm starting to write my second book, and it's all going to be about this sort of dark awakening is what I'm calling it right now. But I'm curious about this perspective of this battle between darkness and, and light, Which is true, I think, on certain levels or certain frequencies. But my perspective is everything comes from the oneness. Ultimately, the higher up we go, everything comes from the oneness. So on one level here, yes, absolutely. I can experience the duality and the polarity. But also on a higher level, everything is oneness. Learning how to navigate that. Because early in my journey, even though I was sexually assaulted and I had a very violent experience when I was 19, but I didn't see it as I thought it as a bad person or a, a bad action by a person versus evil. Mm-hmm. But so then on my spiritual journey, I didn't believe in evil at first. And I <laughs> grew out of that and I do believe in that. But then I think on the journey, there's different stages for me where at first it was just, oh, only love and light. And then, mm-hmm. oh, there are, is actually darkness and evil on a certain level. Mm-hmm. And we have to be willing to see that and accept that. And then I have to own that that's part of me, because I'm part of the one. Mm -hmm. And then for me, certainly there's boundaries and protection. And I do believe in that. But I also believe that what you resist persists. I'm just curious, because it's, it's such a part of my journey as far as stepping into my own power, but also needing to own darkness. Anyway, I was curious about that perspective. What are your thoughts on that?
1: that's very interesting over the last couple months here my thoughts and my mindset on certain things have shifted a bit and i'm kind of of the belief now that there's really one size fits all type when it comes to spirituality or out-of-body experiences or whatever it may be in that regard i i think a lot of it is is internal and it's based off your experiences on your personal journey if that makes sense so I think that when we go inside ourselves, whether it be through meditation, whether it be ayahuasca psychedelic experience, I think that whatever comes to mind or whatever experience you have, I'm just trying to think of the best way to word this. That's why I said it's very individualized. It's just the spiritual world, different experiences, they're so infinite and limitless right? that your experience can be as such... Tim's experience can be as such, my experience can be as such, but we all analyze and perceive it in a a completely, completely different way. Mm -hmm. I hope that's making sense to a certain extent. It
2: makes me think of, I'm not going to get this right, but like that metaphor about touching the different parts of the elephant. You guys know that one, that kind of story? I just heard about that actually
1: last week. Yes, That's what it makes
2: me think of. So we're just touching different parts of the elephant. So it's going to seem very different if you're touching the trunk or you're touching the tail or you're touching the Yes.
1: Exactly, exactly. mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I've been focusing on recently. To me, it makes sense, right? Just based off my experiences meditation, out of body, spiritual world, etc. It's this infinite design. When we think of the universe, it's limitless and you can travel on and on forever. And it can be anything. That's kind of goes back to what I say when I mentioned that like anything is possible. And so this is just kind of something that I've been meditating on and thinking on. Like for example, when people have an out-of-body experience or even a near-death experience, right? Like I may see you know, what looks like Jesus to me, the person that I've grown to know is Jesus through pictures in the Bible or whatnot. But then someone else, maybe they practice their faith of Islam and they see Muhammad or someone may see, they both may see Muhammad may look different, but to me, it's all the same. It's just how you were raised and what your perception of that reality is what you'll experience when you go through these certain out-of-body experiences or I should just say spiritual experiences, if you will. I feel like I'm not communicating that sufficiently, but I hope your listeners kind of understand what I'm getting at there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I totally understood. So, yeah, that conversation went by really quickly. Could you please let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and your podcast and everything?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a website, thehiddengateway.com. And a lot of information there. And my episodes are on the website. You can also find the episodes on Spotify, YouTube. Some of the episodes are on YouTube, but Rumble, BitChute, all your major podcast streaming websites, definitely on social media as well. Also, most social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. I do a lot of community work as well. I have a nonprofit called Tangelic. and I'm hmm. also a board member for a, a nonprofit here in the Phoenix area called Fund for Empowerment. We do a lot of work with with the homeless or for the homeless, I should say. Not a lot of outreach work, but we do a lot of work in regards to trying to Change laws and to protect their rights, if you will. That's definitely something that's close to my heart. Working with the homeless, but uh, yeah, you can buy the book, The Eye of the Father: A Memoir of Faith and Redemption. That's available on Amazon. I have another book coming out next month called The Hidden Gateway of Knowledge. This is an edited book where I have about eight authors that have contributed chapters to the book in their own special realm of knowledge. And thank you. That's where I'm at right now. And they can definitely find my website. And a lot of people I get receive a lot of emails as well. Support it. hiddengateway.com if people have any questions or want to chat etc
0: all right well thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to talk with us and thank you again for having us on your podcast too as well so
1: absolutely this has been great i really appreciate the both of you much gratitude and i'm a fan of your show and you both are amazing people doing some amazing things out here and thank you so much bless you both
0: oh thank you thank you likewise justin Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Justin Williams for taking the time to talk with us. To find out more about him and his books and his podcast, you can find him at thehiddengateway.com. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit com, And remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. This really does help other people find us. Thank you and take care.